Well, hello and welcome to a Faith Roots podcast special. I wanted to take the opportunity today just to uh, share with you a bit more about uh, where I've got to in terms of plans for future ministry. I know that a lot of you have been um, a lot of you have been praying for us. A lot of you have been asking questions as well, and and, and really encouraging. Is we've we've had people asking about how how they can support us in the future. Now, just to catch you up, back in twenty twenty, our time at Bearwood Chapel finished, and we were praying and thinking about where might God be calling us to next. There were a couple of possibilities. So we, we looked at the possibility of uh, of moving somewhere else and uh, taking up a, another pastorate through a, a conventional approach. But I've been particularly challenged uh, over the past decade about the need uh, to encourage church planting into those parts of urban Britain that have been the least reached and the hardest to reach. Lots of great stuff is happening in terms of the gospel, in terms of gospel growth, in terms of church multiplication. Here in the West Midlands, there's been a project, we've been involved in it called 2020 Birmingham to see 20 new churches planted uh, uh, in that decade from 2010 to 2020. Uh, that project's ongoing, there's a design out to plant another 30 and then uh, another 50 still. Lots happening. But if you look around the country, and even if you look here in the West Midlands, uh, we've, with all that good stuff happening, a lot of gospel work is concentrated in particular parts of cities, often around universities, often around graduate populations. My desire is to see the gospel uh, get to the least reached and the hardest to reach. I believe that there's a, a need to mobilise the church for mission, uh, to seek to reach those areas to move out of maintenance mode. I became convinced that that meant three things. First of all, that we needed to raise up indigenous church leaders. And that means working class church leaders. It means church leaders from uh, other ethnic backgrounds from the communities that they're in. Secondly, that if we were going to reach our estates, our inner cities, and in fact, large parts of cities that are neither prosperous nor deprived, just ordinary urban areas, then we would need new and different approaches to church planting. The conventional approach to church planting is, is this, uh, that we, what we do is we have a church, 
and it grows. And, and one of the ways it grows is because students come and join it. Students that are already Christians move to university, move to the area. Uh, other students become Christians through the work of our CUs. And those churches grow and then in time they plant and they plant 30, 40, 50 people as they move into a particular area. And that church is already with its leadership team, with its ministry workers, with its pastor, with its budget, with its salaries, with its musicians. Usually without buildings, they have to rent for a while. And that's been great. That's, that's been a good thing. But if places like Sandwell or Great Bar or Aston or Dudley in the West Midlands, you can think of similar areas in your own cities. If they wait for there to be enough Christians from a church ready to move into that area, I think they're going to be waiting a long time. Those are not the areas where students and graduates naturally move to. And even if they did in that kind of way, uh, rather than this being a, a helpful way to plant, I, I want to suggest it would create suspicion and hostility. Uh, so, secondly, a different approach to planting. I want to suggest that the priority in these areas is going to be the need to go in small, rather than a ready-made church of 30, 40 people. Uh, maybe an individual or a couple, or maybe two or three uh, couples moving into an area, starting to get to know their neighbours, sharing the good news, uh, creating a, a missional community, a life group, a community group uh, that may only ever be a home group, a, a small group, or may grow into a small medium-sized church. So we need to be ready to pioneer and to plant from scratch. Thirdly, if we're going to do the first two things, we need a different approach to training. Uh, because the way that we've identified, recruited and trained leaders and pastors uh, conventionally has been this. You arrive at university, uh, you join the Christian Union, you join a, a, a church, you get involved in ministry there, uh, you do summer camps. After university, uh, if you're seen as someone who can communicate well, as responsible, and has a, a, an aptitude for study, you may well be encouraged to join a ministry training scheme. There may be some support for that, there may not be. And you do two years helping in the church, helping with youth work and student work and camps, maybe doing a little bit of preaching, stacking chairs, welcoming people and doing a, a day a week on a, on a ministry training course. A lot of people after that will then go into uh, their chosen careers. 
uh, some for a short period before then being encouraged to go to theological college for training. Others will then go straight to a theological college for training. Now I'm stereotyping, not every person comes through that route, uh, but you get the general picture. It's a generalism. And the problem with that is first of all, that we're missing people. We're missing people that don't fit our stereotype of what leaders and pastors and potential leaders and pastors look like. Whose gifting and aptitude and style doesn't fit the mould. But even if we identified them, even if we picked up on them, uh, then would they be able to get onto the process or get, uh, and get through it? And I want to suggest not, that the barriers are too high, the obstacles too great, the culture too different, uh, that they would be hindered by lack of financial resources, uh, by the academic culture, and by the expectation that they had to move themselves and their family and their life somewhere else. That academic culture is important, that we have tended to prize academic learning and academic assessment. And the thing is this, I know lots of people who know their Bible well, actually very clever, very intelligent people, who, whose approach to life is not academic. I know people who, whose academic education actually finished aged nine or ten, if they got any at all. We don't have GCSEs, don't have A-levels. I haven't had a life of writing essays and footnoting and sitting exams. I certainly don't have £40,000 sat in the bank ready to fund them through three or four years at Union or Oak Hill or Wycliffe. Now again, my concern is not that we shouldn't be doing the existing conventional things. They're great. They have their place. My concern is not to do things instead of, but to do things as well. And so my third concern was for a different type of training. Um, in my mind, the approach is this that we train people vocationally on the job. Effectively, one of those one of those people, two of those people, three of those people who have moved into an area that are beginning to live their life in a community. And we start to train them practically, hands-on, one-to-one, uh, in small groups, experientially, uh, that they get a deep and rich theological training uh, but it isn't about books and essays and footnotes. It's about, can you preach? Uh, can you lead someone to Christ? Can you sit down and counsel somebody who is going through a, a, a messy, difficult, horrendous time in their life? Do you know how to encourage and equip and release others into ministry? 
we started to do some of those things in Bearwood. And so coming out of that time, talking to others, praying with others, uh, we felt increasingly that we might now be in a stage in life where we can give more time to encouraging those types of things. Uh, to encourage people to love a community, to train people for gospel work and to help them plant churches. Now, what does that mean for us in the immediate future? Uh, well, it means, first of all, that we're, we've joined with uh, another local church, a young church, a recent church plant, uh, a church plant that has a vision for reaching the unreached and uh, from beyond there, planting it into other needy communities as well. And so uh, one of the things I want to do is to give a lot of time to, to help in that church uh, with its vision to disciple people in urban communities and to plant out. Uh, and to give time then to recruiting to find people who could be church planters and pastors and to get alongside them and to help them get vocational training for gospel ministry in their area. In fact, what I'm saying is uh, why not move to the West Midlands, move into one of those communities, get a house, perhaps get a part-time job or find support from outside if, if not and start to train uh, through time with me, mentoring, conversations, small classes, uh, through access as well to other resources like Crosslands and Union and uh, those kinds of things, uh, through gaining experience, spend two, three years, four years uh, with us. And at the end of those years, you may have built up some experience, got some training, learned some things, and it might be that God then moves you on to another context. It might be that during that time you see very little in terms of obvious gospel growth, but you will have had the opportunity to share the gospel. You will have been blessed and you will have been a blessing. But it could also be that as you're training, as you're learning with us, that you are also seeing people come to Christ, uh, be added to his church, get baptised. And you might, in a few years' time, discover that there is a fledgling church that you're able to go on with. Uh, so I, I think it's win-win. What I wanted to do at this stage is just to share a little bit more about the West Midlands because that's where we are. My concern is why do I want to see gospel growth and church planting, urban discipleship across the country, but God's placed us here in the West Midlands and we felt very strongly over the last year that that's where God wants us to stay. So a little bit more about the West Midlands. One of my pretty little PowerPoints coming up. 
So here we have it. The Urban West Midlands, uh, a collection of cities, towns and boroughs. Uh, right in the middle, Birmingham. Uh, Sarah and I currently live uh, somewhere around about the border of Birmingham and, and Sandwell. Sandwell, a borough uh, to the west of Birmingham. It puts us right, right in the middle of the, the West Midlands Convention and we're, we're planning uh, we're planning to move that the church that we are moving to isn't too far from uh, from from here but still very central to a lot of ha what is happening across the conurbation uh, sandwell is a, a borough um, an amalgamation of about six towns including smevig and oldbury west bromwich to north is walsall uh, and then up in the right up in the northwest, uh, the city of Wolverhampton, uh, quite a large city, um, uh, famous for its football team, Wolverhampton Wanderers or Wolves. Uh, and then uh, down below that in the west is is Dudley, home of the Dudley Eye, and of the Merry Hill Shopping Centre. Uh, Sarah actually teaches in a school to the southwest of there. And then to the south and the east, you've got Solihull and Coventry. There's a population of about 2.4 million, probably more than that now, maybe two and a half or, or, or over. It means that the West Midlands has been competing with Manchester for some years to uh, claim the status of second city um, or second conurbation after London uh, with 1.3 million in Birmingham, Sandwell 329,000, Wolverhampton 262,000, Walsall 287,000. Just want you to get a sense of the numbers by the way that's a a picture of the the big shopping centre the Bull Ring in Birmingham city centre and you know, that is full of people and life and diversity. 2.4 million people, not enough churches, not enough gospel witness. So many people who need to hear about Jesus. So a little bit more about Birmingham. Famous things, there are more canals than Venice, more trees than people. Uh, by the way, I, I've I've loved you know that that was a fact that those were facts given to us when we moved here. Um, the, the the canal speed sounds really exciting until you get on a, a barge for a, a little canal cruise. You bring you, you take your fam family, everybody settles in. And there are drinks and nibbles, and uh, the boat sets off through the picturesque parts of the city centre. And then you realise that most of the canals are not like that sort of picturesque and beautiful scene in Venice, but actually take you right through the urban wasteland. And so you're looking out to floating shopping trolleys or graffiti or uh, run-down um, derelict old mills and factories. As I said before, it's, it's one of the youngest cities in Europe and there's great ethnic diversity. In Birmingham, 19.5% Asian, 6% Black, 2.5% Chinese. Uh, there's also significant numbers of Eastern Europeans. Uh, we planted a, 
uh, a church called Nueva Vida, which is Spanish speaking because there are significant numbers of Hispanic people, Mexicans, Ecuadorians, Colombians. That's the rich diversity of the city that brings religious diversity to the West Midlands as, as well. Uh, quite a lot of the people that we worked with had backgrounds in uh, Catholic uh, uh, Christianity. Others had been through prosperity gospel stuff, others still through the Jehovah's Witnesses as well. Those were the kinds of people we were meeting with, but also significant uh, um, Muslim and Sikh and Hindu communities as well. And then a lot of people who are basically secular, agnostic, uh, disinterested in religion, completely atheist even. And so that's that's the area that God has placed on our hearts. My desire is to encourage people to love the West Midlands, to love Birmingham, to love Sandwell, to love Wolverhampton. I want people who love Jesus to love the West Midlands uh, so that we'll be praying together and working together to see lots of people in the West Midlands growing to love Jesus, going to love God. I wanted to update you, there's still more detail to come. We're still working on things. Uh, there's other things I can share with you. Um, I can email you more detail and there's other stuff we'll be communicating more publicly soon. But I, I wanted to keep you up to date and to keep challenging you. Is this something you could partner with us in? As I said, I want to encourage people. Uh, our desire is to love the communities here, uh, to train people for gospel ministry and to plant, to help plant churches. Is that something you'd like to be part of? Uh, perhaps God is calling you into church planting. Perhaps you recognise a, a need for training and the traditional routes for training wouldn't be right for you and for what God is calling you to. Would you be able and willing to come and serve the gospel here in the West Midlands? Uh, perhaps if not you yourself, would you be willing to pray? Uh, could there even be people within your church or your network who you would encourage to consider coming to send? And I would also ask, would you be willing to give as well? Um, now, immediately, Sarah and I don't have great needs, but we are encouraging people to give to support to free me up as much as possible uh, for training, for evangelism, for uh, helping planting, for discipleship. But we also want to encourage people to support others that might be ready to come and plant, but will need support, will need resources. So could you come? Could you send? Could you give? Could you pray?
if you're interested in any or all of those uh, please do get in touch there's a, a contact form on faith fruits or you can direct message me or send me a messenger pm on twitter on um on facebook or give me a call love to talk more with you love to share more with you uh, please also take time to to share what we're seeking to do uh, with others out of all of those things i would ask most of all please pray pray for the west midlands pray for the churches here pray for um pray for sarah and me and pray that god's name would be glorified and the gospel would go out thank you